Hi, and welcome to another magical episode of Sunday School at Modern Mystic Shop, the podcast where you listen in on live lectures from metaphysical experts recorded every Sunday at Modern Mystic Shop, or more accurately in this time, recorded in the Modern Mystic Shop Zoom room. My name is Kirsten Hedges, and I'm a producer here at Sunday School, a project that is near and dear to my heart, whether I'm coordinating a class, speaking, or introducing brilliant speakers like the one that we have today. Today's class is about yinimalism, a concept created by our speaker, Alexandra Ann. Yinimalism merges together the tenets of yin yoga and minimalist lifestyle to help simplify your self-care practice, declutter your mind, all while getting a good stretch in. Alexandra Ann has been practicing and teaching yoga for many years now since leaving a lucrative corporate career to pursue her passions and work with like-minded individuals. And I am so happy that she did, not just for the larger impact that she's having on the collective, but also because I get to work with her at Modern Mystic Shop. And she is certainly a hardworking Capricorn that daily moves us closer to our goal of making Mystic mainstream. Alex is a woman of deep care and complexity, and it is a blessing to know her, to work beside her, and to listen to the wisdom that she has to share, like the wisdom she brings to this class. This was such a moving class. Alex creates space for us to learn about her fascinating and unique concept of minimalism, but also takes us to the mat for deep stretching that can really get you into your body in a time that presence and awareness can be of the ultimate importance. So get comfy, settle in. A lot of these movements can be done while you're seated. So you can be on the ground or in a chair. Um, and I hope that you all find that this class is supportive to you in exactly the ways that you need in this beautiful present moment. Enjoy. Hey, uh, Kirsten, thank you so much. That's such a beautiful introduction. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm Alex Ann. I'm at Yenimalist on Instagram, and I'm the operations manager for Modern Mystic as my day job. And as my other day job, I'm a senior yoga teacher at Dancing Dogs Yoga in Atlanta, and I'm also a minimalist. And so you know where we're going to go this next hour, because as a Capricorn, timelines are intim intimately and infinitely comforting to me particularly right now, I'm going to chat a little bit about what yinimalism is, the piece about yin, the piece about minimalism, and then we're going to do a short yin practice together. So you're welcome as I'm talking to kind of set yourself up so you can find a comfortable spot. You can even do this practice in a chair, on your bed, sitting down with your dog. It's really beautiful how little space you need for this practice. Um, but before I get there, I can't even begin to talk about animalism without addressing where we are currently today in the beginning weeks of unprecedented times. We're doing this meeting via Zoom because as a community, we're rallying together in different physical locations to show our love for each other. We're respecting boundaries as a community like we never have before, out of the love for our fellow humans that are immunocompromised or at a higher risk for getting severely ill. And we're doing it at a great cost, right? Many people have lost their jobs recently. Many small businesses have shut down. And why we are at, we're trying to keep each other healthy. And that's first and foremost, what's most important like that is what the practice of yin is for that is what the practice of minimalism is for minimalism we can figure details out later so i want to acknowledge that also doesn't mean <laughs> you don't feel fear or worry or uncertainty or any of the other big emotions and sensations that are coming up for you right now of course those feelings arise and you should allow yourself the space to feel them which is a part of the yin practice and you can also, at the same time, feel the love of your community for setting and respecting boundaries. You can feel the love your pets give you now that you're home with them more. And personally, as an introvert, you can feel the love of being able to have more quiet time and not be around people as much. Don't hate it. <laughs> 
we all feel things differently. We all take different things um, that we need and want um, and experience them in different ways. And the practice of yin is the practice of noticing those things. So what I just spoke about in what is now unprecedented times, I can also say the same exact things in again practice because day by day, everything shows up for us a little bit differently. So I've been teaching and practicing for quite a while. I've been practicing over a decade. I think my first class was with my mom at the YMCA when I was a teenager in high school. And I've been teaching about half a decade. And yin yoga is the practice that has provided me the ability to confront all my emotions. Um, as a Capricorn, I really like the good and the positive and the very pragmatic. So confronting maybe some of the shadow side emotions or the darker emotions has always been a challenge for me. But yin has been the practice that's made it approachable. And it's also made me realize that none of these emotions are good or bad. That's one of the main thought processes behind the yin practice is that yes, there are intensities to certain emotions and we have negative and positive connotations attached to them, but they're all valid and they're all valuable to feel. So with the yin practice, I was able to confront my emotions with mindfulness instead of like knee jerking reactions or trying to avoid them. I definitely had my uh, party phase and trying to escape what I was really feeling. Um, but yin gave me clarity. And I like to say that a yoga meditation practice is really personal and we all get something different out of our practice and out of different practices. Um, I know that some of the students I teach, they found the ability to be more patient from these different experiences. That's why in a few minutes, we're going to do a yin practice together because it's important for you to feel these things in your body that I'm speaking about having experienced over my practice. What I found practicing and what I found even teaching is that even though I'm not always the best or winning yoga or really good at it sometimes, I know right now that I have a lot more anxiety um, than I normally do. And I'm not quote unquote good at calming it down as fast as I want it to. But this practice teaches you that that doesn't matter. You benefit from the practice just by doing the practice. You don't have to be good at it. And it was the practice that almost 10 years ago led me to the perspective to quit my big corporate job. Um, I was very successful. I got to go to all the parties and I, you know, had fancy champagne and all the cutest outfits. And I realized through Yin that I wasn't working because I loved what I did. I didn't. I hated going to work. I was working to buy more stuff. And it became very apparent very quickly once I started doing this practice that that stuff wasn't making me happy. Fancy dinners, cute outfits, like those are great and I don't dislike them, but it wasn't worth the time that I was spending at my job miserable and somehow was still in debt. I can't quite unpack that one yet. Um, but what, once I quit my job, I learned how to live essentially and minimally. It was kind of forced on me because I don't know if you're familiar with a yoga teacher's salary, but they're probably not making millions. Um, so it was, it was important for me to pare down my life for a lot of different reasons. Part of it was because I wanted to, because I realized that stuff didn't really make me happy. Another part of it was I had to to make ends meet, to do the thing that I cared so much about doing, um, I had to let go of some stuff that just wasn't as valuable to me. And I'd like to point out too that what I find valuable is different than what you might find valuable. So there's absolutely nothing in that you like or that I like that um, is bad or wrong to find value in that is such a personal choice for you um for me clothes wasn't it i'm not a fashionista but like if that brings you value and that brings you joy there's nothing wrong with that so i just as i'm speaking and as i'm giving you examples from my life i'm going to speak through my experience and the language of this practice because that is my expertise um, 
But again, it doesn't mean you have to practice yin all the time to get clarity. And in fact, my personal practice most days or most every other days is a 20 minute practice. It is not this huge addition to my life. It's just there to support all the other things that I do. I also like to say, you don't have to quit your job and be a yoga teacher to be happy. Um, I think teacher training, especially the one that I'm teaching, my yin yoga teacher training over um, a weekend is valuable. And I think it can give you clarity and practices to get clear. Um, but again, it's not necessary for your happiness if it doesn't resonate with you. I just find this to be the easiest language for me to speak. And it's, this is also not a one and done practice. So I'd love to tell you that the practice we're going to do today is going to free you of tension forever and all of those things, but that's really not true. Um, it's the same thing as when you clean out your closet, like you can joy or no joy all you want one time, but stuff starts to creep back in. Um, it requires you to continue to excavate and evaluate what's in your closet and what mental clutter is in your life. So this practice is essentially an invitation for you to start to contemplate what's essential. Like what practices help you get clear? Because you might be looking for a new one or you might already know off the top of your head, like when I do this, I feel grounded and I know what I need to do next. Or maybe you're like, the shit I have been doing isn't worth it or working for me. I need something new. Um, especially right now as reality is setting in, especially with social distancing and high unemployment rate. So we're honestly being lovingly forced by our planet to change, to change how we consume, to change how we interact, to change how and where we work. Um, so I kind of want to pivot right now to giving you a few small ways that you can start to make those little changes in your life. I know that sometimes I get really, really overwhelmed when I look around. I, I like to think about what happens when I move. Like I recently went through a move and I went into my room and I'm already a minimalist. I already feel like I don't have that much stuff. And I started to go, okay, well, what do I have to move? How can I box it up and package it up and sort through it in a way that makes sense? And I can almost immediately get overwhelmed just doing that. It can, it can be over to change our lives in the next couple weeks, couple months, hopefully even the next coming years because it's all valuable change. So instead of looking at like the room as a whole, we're going to look at like little pieces, little practices that you already might have and ways that you can shift them. So, and I'd also like to say that one of the resources that I frequently turn to when I'm feeling overwhelmed, whether again, it's cleaning out my closet, moving, or even cleaning up my commitments on my social calendar, are the minimalists. They are a great resource with a lot of free and valuable content. So if minimalism is sounding really interesting to you, that's where I did a lot of my learning from is um, that pair of guys that have already created so much content about really cool practices that you can do to kind of clear out, especially if you are furloughed or have more time on your hands right now. This is the time where you can start to do all those projects that have been piling up. So one of my favorite practices from the minimalist is to do something really simple when I start to feel overwhelmed, whether it's with stuff or a relationship or my social life. It's asking myself these two questions. Is this thing, does it bring me practical value? And, or do I know this thing to be beautiful? So if the answer is no to either of those questions or both of those questions, then it's not worth bringing into my space. So for example, as a society, I think we've clearly said that yes, toilet paper is very practical. I think it's important to have, we need it, right? Like bring that into your home, please. And do we really need enough toilet paper to make a toilet throne? Probably not right? So there's like this edge of practicality. And if you're a family of five, of course, you're going to need more toilet paper than a single person, right? But it's looking at it in that way. Is this a practical thing? Is this book that I'm bringing home going to be a book that I want to read? Or is it just a book 
that I should read, right? If, if I'm not going to read the book, then it's just paper. It's wasted paper. That's not practical. Um, so there's other little things that we start to say yes to, like free books or those free t-shirts or free pens that we get from like signing up for a thing. And none, again, none of these things are bad. Nothing's wrong with having another t-shirt if you need it. Little things are the things that be on a day-to-day -day basis. Those things don't bother you. But if you are getting ready to move, you're now looking at these piled up t-shirts going, I haven't touched this in a year. Now I have to move it and it's overwhelming. It contributes to that mental clutter too, that feeling of overwhelm that sometimes I know I feel and you might feel too. Um, I know like, especially we're all mystics here, another tarot deck, another oracle deck, another crystal, like you might actually really need that thing. That thing seems beautiful to you. That, seem, that thing adds value to your practice. And at what point is a tarot deck, another crystal, too many? And I don't have that answer for you. Um, that's answer, or that's an answer that you get through practice. Right? That's an answer that you get through being really honest and clear with yourself on what's bringing you more value. Um, particularly like your metaphysical practices. I know for me, I used to have really in-depth ritual work that I used to do with a lot of different things. I had crystals and I had like all the different candles. Some smelled, some didn't. Some had a color that was important and some didn't and some were there just for mood. And then I had this big tapestry and like it, the list went on. So it took me like an hour to set up for a ritual. And there was a point in my life where I stopped doing ritual because it was so cumbersome. And so that for me was a tipping point. One of the things that I really love that Modern Mystic sells is our little ritual kits because they're really simple. It's like it has just the right number of candles you need. It has just the extra product, the, the ritual oil um, to use. And it's very simple. You can do it in a really small space and it doesn't take you hours on hours to set up. And that's not wrong if you decide to add extra practices on the front end or the back end or add a crystal to the ritual kit because it really brings value to you but that's the key word right does it bring value to you or does it get in your way and create overwhelm or stress in another way i know i look at the crystals that i have from my past and i go wow i've spent a lot of money on this and for the crystals that I've used, I'm like money well spent, but the crystals that have been sitting in a box for a year, kind of a waste, not just for me, not just for my wallet, but also for the people that could actually use those crystals that might've needed them more than I did. Just it's easier, not even room by room, but maybe shelf by shelf, right? So if you have a shelf full of books, when was the last time you actually wanted to read some of them? And if you're holding on to them for nostalgic value, you have to ask yourself, is that worth it? I know that I have um, a couple books that I've been given as gifts that I don't necessarily pick up very often, but when I see that book, it's beautiful to me because it reminds me of the gift that that person gave me. That's important. Other books that I have kept since college because they were valuable because I spent hundreds of dollars and then read maybe half of it. And if I'm honest, probably didn't read much of it. <laughs> Those books are not necessarily of value anymore. They're just sitting collecting dust and they could be of value to someone else in a library for free, for instance. So things to consider, take it shelf by shelf, not room by room. And Again, it doesn't have to be, I'm going to go into my closet and fix it today. I'm going to go into my closet today and just attack a shelf and feel a little bit more clear in that way. So little by little, bit by bit, it actually does bring you more clarity and more minimalism. And it's a constant process. Um, okay. So I don't wanna lose anybody. So, so stay with me here. If you're not driving on this podcast, if you're seated at home, pick up your phone. We're going to do like a little quick exercise. 
open your phone and go to the calculator app. If you did that, you don't have to respond on chat. If you want to, you can. When you opened your phone, did you go directly to your calculator app without touching any extra buttons? Like, did you accidentally go to Facebook or did you check a text message or did you go to maybe your calendar app or whatever it was because you weren't necessarily focused, right? So this is an exercise to show you how easily distracted we are as humans, um, especially by our technology. And again, no shade. I sometimes it takes me three tries to get to my calculator app if I need it or my calendar or whatever it is. Um, but it's a really great way to show you how sticky our phones get. Um, even if a thing, an item doesn't take up physical space, right? Like all your pictures, your text messages do take up mental space. And you can see that when you try to go to your phone and somehow you are supposed to be answering an email and all of a sudden you're on Instagram for 20 minutes looking at dog videos. Again, I do it too. I'm not judging. I'm just illustrating the point that it's very easy for us to have mental space taken up by things that aren't physical. So when you're thinking about being a minimalist, it's not just with the physical stuff you have in your realm that you can touch. It's also things backlogged on your phone. It's also trying to hold on to a connection with a friend from 15 years ago that you feels more like a burden than an actual connection. It's all of those little things, the contacts in your phone that you don't touch and you haven't touched for years, but you have to scroll through them to get to the important ones. It's those little things that you can also shift your vision around and start to look at, okay, well, where can I carve out a little bit of space? Um, and that is kind of leading into, again, practice, right? It, it does not have to be this giant undertaking of going through a 200-hour yoga teacher training to learn the best way to make shapes with your body. That's not what it's about. It's about giving yourself a practice, 20 minutes a day, that allows you to get clear, to let go of tension that you might not have even noticed you had because you were distracted by something else, whether it was important or not, that distraction is still a distraction from your physical body. Begin practice will also show you something that I find really important, especially right now, is that everything, even in the span of a couple minutes, everything will change. Even if it doesn't feel like it. I know in a yin yoga pose, you hold the pose anywhere from two to eight minutes, depending on the teacher and the pose. You will watch your breath change, your relationship with the sensation to change, how your body breathes, how your body feels in the shape. It might've started really comfortable and then gets really intense and then kind of ebbs back and gets more comfortable again. You watch that everything will change. And what I think is so important about that, not just from a physical standpoint, but from a cultivation of hope standpoint, because if you can watch your body change in a matter of minutes, you can remind yourself that this too shall pass of so much uncertainty. And again, I think it's top of mind about where we are right now that there's so much uncertainty, but if I'm honest, and this might calm some people and maybe scare some other people, we never really know what's going to happen. We never really know what's gonna happen the next day. And this practice, while it is, I find essential right now for all of us to remember to cultivate that hope that this too shall pass, it's essential even outside of unprecedented times. So keep that in mind. And remember, you don't have to be good at it. You just have to do it. It, it really is like I was sharing with a friend, a couple friends actually about as a human, as a Capricorn, as just who I am as a person, I really truly believe that no matter what happens, I'm always gonna land on my feet. I believe that innately in my being. And a lot of that came from my yin practice. A lot of that came from my privilege. A lot of that has come from having just a really loving support group. Um, but that doesn't mean, and that doesn't take away that in trying times, I don't 
also have anxiety. I don't also feel really intense emotions. Like the other night I wanted to crawl under my bed and just cry and tune out the entire world. It, it's important to acknowledge that yes, there's hope and the feelings that you feel, whether it's in a yin pose or you know, just in your daily life, that those feelings are valid too. So you can actually feel this in your body and me not just talk about it. Go ahead and get to a space where you can sit down, be comfortable. Um, you can do this seated on the floor. You can also do this seated in a chair. I put poses specifically that you can do wherever you are, as long as you're not driving. So get comfortable. And then just take a seat, close your eyes, and take a really big breath in. Open your mouth, let it go. Do that again, breathe in. Empty out. The first pose we're going to do together is fire log pose. So start in a seat, extend your legs out, and then cross your right ankle on top of your left thigh. Your left leg can still be outstretched. Okay, and then gently take your right hand, press down on your thigh, just so it moves a little bit closer to the floor, down toward the chair. So your shins stack on top of each other. And you can flex your feet, stay seated tall. And I always caveat this with, if you make a choice, remember that you can always choose again. So you can always extend your left leg out long if it becomes too intense or there's too much sensation. Then bring your attention to your breath. You can start to notice if your breath is shallow or deep. You can start to notice where it moves your body even though you're seated still. Stay with your breath and count three more rounds of breath, just three. At the end of your third breath, notice how you might feel just a little bit different. And it might be really subtle. You might have noticed that since that sensation grew. You might have noticed that it diminished. You might have just noticed that your breath changed. Stay with that just a little bit longer. And then slowly unwind your legs. Take just a moment to reach both legs out in front of you and pause. And again, we call this feeling the rebound of the pose. So all of the work that you just did in a couple minutes, you can really feel, start to shift things in your body. And then we're simply going to switch sides. So legs out, fire log on your left side, crush your left ankle on top of your right thigh. And then gently press down on your left thigh, down toward the floor. So you feel sensation in the outside of your hip. And you can say just like this, remember this side is different 
you do different things with this leg in a different order than you do the other. However, if you want more sensation now, just bend your right knee so your shins stack on top of each other, your knees and your ankles stack. I always think of this, this comment that one of my favorite yoga teachers says that the sides of your body are different. They are similar, but not perfectly symmetrical which is really good because if you were perfectly symmetrical, you would be a square and that's boring. Take a really big breath in. A really big breath out. Let your shoulders melt down your spine. Soften your jaw, let your tongue unstick from the roof of your mouth. These little creepy moments of tension, we don't even realize that we're hanging on to. Watch how your breath moves your body, even though you are seated still. Count three more rounds of breath. Notice how much can change in such a short time. And on your next inhale, extend your left leg out. Pause for just a moment. Feel the rebound. Oh, your body starts to talk to itself in different ways once you release the pose. And then take a little bit of movement. I always like to bend my knees and kind of rock from side to side to massage out my hips. If you're seated in a chair, just kind of move, roll out your ankles. And then just keep your legs extended, but bring a soft bend to your knees. Caterpillar, which is essentially a forward fold. All the yin stuff just has different names to it. So start by seat, sitting up tall and then hinge forward from your hips just a little bit until you start to feel sensation in the backside of your body. With your knees bent, you might go a little bit farther than normal. If you're in a chair, you can always fold over your thighs. Your legs don't have to be straight. And this is not a pose about trying to touch your toes. It's about releasing tension along the entire backside of your body from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. In this pose, I often bend my knees just a little bit more so I can wrap my arms behind my thighs and give myself a hug. Let your chin come to your chest so you can turn in. Take a big breath in, notice your back lift up. And exhale, soften down.
This is not a practice where you have to figure everything out all the time. It's about being present with what is happening in your body right now. It's giving you a moment to clear out the mental clutter, all the stuff that keeps coming in about to-do lists or what if, then that. You can let that stuff go. And you can focus simply on the sensations in your body right now. You have time to figure the rest out later. A really big breath in and a really big breath out. And on your next inhale, slowly roll up. Once again, pause at the top and then take a little bit of movement. I always like to roll my neck from side to side kind of move my hips, my legs again. And you do that literally to move energy out of your body. Take it wiggles, fidgets. I don't know, I can't see most of you. If you want to twerk, you can twerk. And then the next pose we're going to do is butterfly. So bring the soles of your feet together, your knees out wide. If you, you are seated in a chair, I kind of like to scooch to the edge of it and just take my legs out really wide. Or if you have a little bit more mobility in your hips, you can bring your feet in really close to rest on the edge of the chair. Feet together, knees wide, sit up tall. And then once again, hinge forward from your hips. Stop where you feel sensation and let your chin come to your chest. Again, it's not about getting your nose to your toes. It's about releasing tension. And I know that I am a doer. I am a get it doneer. I will push myself and go deeper and deeper and deeper into a pose. And ironically, that creates more tension, right? The more you pull, the more you engage your body, that's creating tension right there. So what you can do is you can soften. Instead of reaching, you can surrender. You can surrender to breathing a little bit easier, to letting go all of your air on your exhale. You can let go of the tension in your core, even if it's just for a breath. Let it be completely easy. Take a few more rounds of breath. Where can you let go of tension for just a little bit longer, even if it's just for a breath?
On your next inhale, roll back up to a seat. Pause at the top. And then bring your hands to your knees, close them together like a book. And then once again, rock from side to side. Then if you're seated, you can make your way down onto your back. If you wanna stay upright, that's cool too. We've got one more active pose and it's a simple twist. So wherever you are, create a long spine and twist to your right. If you're on your back, you can let your knees fall to the right. Then everyone do this, lengthen on your inhale. On your exhale, twist a little bit deeper. Go as deep as you can go. And then relax, so you'll back out of the pose a little bit. You won't twist as deeply, and that's okay. That's the point. We do little things like that to create contrast, so you know when you're pushing and reaching. And you can feel the difference when you surrender and relax. Contrast is important. And then come back through center. Just make it all the way over to the left. And once again, inhale, lengthen. Exhale, twist deeply. And then surrender, so soften. Let your shoulders melt down your back. Let your breath stay easy. And then come back through center. Take a moment to pause and then set up for a brief meditation. So you can lie back on your back. No judgment if you fall asleep. I know I always do. Or you can stay seated. Wherever you are, close your eyes. Take a really big breath in through your nose. Open your mouth, let it go. And for this meditation, let it be very simple. On your inhale, notice how your body expands. And on your exhale, notice how your body softens. The inhale is active, it's yang, it's doing, it's important to have. And the exhale is yin, it's soft, it's easy, it's release. Let those two balance each other out with your inhale and your exhale. Let the inhale provide contrast for you so you know what ease feels like. And let your exhale provide the contrast to show you how good action can feel. Take three more rounds of breath.
And as you are ready, slowly pull yourself back into your space, this digital space that we're sharing together. Open your eyes. And take just a few moments to integrate back. Thank you so much for being here for this practice, for this talk. Without each and every one of you here, we wouldn't have this incredible community. And I am just so deeply honored that you showed up today um, to be here with us. Um, and if you're listening to the podcast, same time, I think, as um, mystics, we believe is not very linear and it is important that we connect in these ways virtually across time and space. Um, I just, I want to leave with this before I wrap up and answer any questions. Um, I've been, of course, watching a lot of the celebrities get on their Facebook lives or Instagram lives that they now have the time to do. And one of the ones that stuck out with me recently, it was a Instagram live that Elizabeth Gilbert did. And she was reflecting back on some of the influential people in her lives. And she talked about how we as humans are so, so, so afraid of change. We are really the only creature on earth that is as afraid of change as we are. And she also reflected on how quickly adaptable we are to it. And if you look at where we were two weeks ago, we never would have believed that we would have to stand six feet apart from each other, even in a major city. And look at what we've already done. Look at how people are respecting social distancing. That wasn't even a phrase a couple weeks ago. And so what I hope for myself and for each of you is that you take what we talked about today, these little changes, and you do them mindfully. That mindfulness is the tool that gives you some control back in a world that is so uncontrollable. And as we change and shift our spending, our travel patterns, as we stay home more and have limited moments to connect, person to person and through physical touch with other humans, let's do it mindfully or minimally. And to give you those tools, um, I am leading a yin yoga teacher training. It'll be virtually April 17th through the 19th and it's via Zoom just like this. Um, so you can sign up at dancingdogsyoga.com and when you check out, you can use the code YINFRIEND, Y-I-N-F-R-I-E-N-D, for $50. And if you're like, I can't remember that, that's cool. Um, it'll be online for you to see. Um, please, I, I really find this practice incredibly valuable, not just for where we are now, but moving forward. And it's not if or only for people that want to teach this practice. It really dives in and gives you the in-depth training on the tools. It gives you time to process them, practice them, and um, for you to learn some of the deeper energetics behind the yin practice. There's a lot that I can't talk about in an hour, but I can in a weekend training that I'm really excited to share. Um, if you are interested in minimalism specifically, you can use The Minimalist as a great starting point. I really recommend um, their free content online, um, but I also know that that can be overwhelming. So I also take private clients around this, around teaching private yin yoga classes um, to help you get clear or to even walk with you hand by hand, step by step through cleaning off your, <laughs> your bookshelves, your closets, um, or carving out time on your social media, all those little things that we can do together virtually. Um, if you are interested, you can always email me at yenimalist at gmail.com. So Y-I-N-I-M-A-L-I-S-T, yenimalist, or DM me on Instagram because I'm there all the time at yenimalist. Um, thank you all so, so, so much. Um, I am going to check the chat box real quick, answer any questions that are there. Um, and we're good. Yeah. Um, so I always have these experiences where Oh, technology, a blessing and a curse. 
It's not a curse. It just presents new challenges. Still can't hear you, love. If you, you want to, oh, there we go. It was doing that pop on, pop off, but we're good. <laughs> um, so I always have these experiences where I so enjoy a yoga routine and then I'm like, I'm definitely going to keep up with that. I'm going to do it. And then it doesn't happen. Um, can you share with us some maybe easy ways that we can connect with you or other um, spaces, especially in this really weird time to integrate like a daily practice? Absolutely. Um, so I work for Dancing Dogs Yoga. Um, we actually have another location, not just in Atlanta, but in Savannah. And what we're doing right now, especially right now, is doing live Zoom calls a couple times a day of yoga practices. They're 45 minutes long. I teach twice. I teach at 4.30 on Tuesdays and 8 o'clock on Thursdays for sleepy time yen. It's the best thing to do before you go to bed. Um, but I find that with a yoga practice, as important as a home practice can be and is, it's really helpful to have a community of people to do it with. And I think you know, our circumstances right now are highlighting that, how they're highlighting how important community is to each other, not just for a yoga practice, but for everything. Um, so I highly recommend you go to dancingdogsyoga.com to sign up. There's a free seven day trial too for our Namastream, which has a whole backlog of practices you can do on your own at home on your own time if you can't make the live Zoom sessions. Um, what else? I would also say if you're interested in private yoga, please DM me. I'm always happy to chat with you um, about what it is you need and work with you on a program that fits your life too. Um, but there's so many online resources right now. Um, I'm pretty sure if you just went and Googled yoga online free, you'd probably find a couple as well. Um, I know that personally though, as a teacher, I do crave a community and people that I know teaching. So having dancing dogs in Atlanta where it's a local business is really nice because you've probably seen some of these people before at other Sunday schools um, or even in the store or in your routines. Thanks, Kirsten. This episode was produced by Kirsten Hedges and produced and edited by Georgie Harris. For more information, visit us at modernmysticshop.com and click on Sunday School 